You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, and welcome to another fabulous episode of Dear Multi-Hyphenate. I'm your host, Michael Kushner. As always, I'd like to thank Broadway Podcast Network, my incredible guests, and of course you, the listeners who, without I'd be nothing. As always, a little housekeeping before we jump into the episode. I record these intros on the Sunday before the episode is released so that they are as topical as possible. This podcast is meant to report to you the current state of the theater industry as seen from the eyes of artists who are acting on their own agency and creating their own narrative. What's so exciting is that when I began the Dear Multi-Hyphenate podcast just before the pandemic started, I could never anticipate the industry collectively going through such a change to the point where everyone collectively pivoted and started honing the multi-hyphenate lifestyle. So thank you to everyone who has subscribed and downloaded these episodes, so please continue to do so. These stories are for you and by you. And oh my god, last night, my boyfriend Remy and my best friend Ryan and I, we went on this incredible... Uh, safe and socially distant paranormal investigation at the Morris Jumel Mansion in Harlem. It was led by Vinnie Carbone and Meg Lynch, and it was not only an incredibly historic and informative experience, but there was activity. Uh, my favorite was when uh, we were told that there are children, sp- spirits that are probably um, children in the mansion, and they respond when you play games with them like hide and seek so i said does anyone want to play hide and seek and i said okay you know i'm going to count to 10 and i counted to 10 and my emf detector spiked to red it was absolutely incredible the woman that i was near we we both screamed it was amazing and then uh, in aaron burr's bedroom we asked if aaron Burr was there and it spiked to red again all of our EMF detectors it was it was really really incredible so if you're into uh paranormal investigations you know look no further than in Harlem New York City uh it was really really incredible so check out morrisjumel.org for a tour of the mansion but also they have paranormal investigations so check that out And as a reminder, come work with me. Not only can you get extremely COVID-safe headshots with me in my studio, but you can also coach with me and take my class. I'm currently in my fifth session of Multi-Hype alongside my co-creators and co-teachers Kimberly Faye Greenberg and Ashley Kate Adams. Together, we hone your multi-hyphenate identity with hands-on goals, ideas, and exercises. 
By the end of the week-long intensive, you will be given specifically catered and tangible tools to start your multi-hyphenate artistic career. So as a cancer and a sucker for tradition, let's begin my new segment. You got a question? In this segment, I feature a question sent in to me by you through email or Instagram. So if you have a question, write to me and I'll feature it on... You got a question? This is from Erica R. who reached out to me through TikTok. She asks, I have never felt more seen as an artist before finding your TikTok and your podcast. I have always had so many interests as a performer, and I'm really trying to tie them together. I just listened to your episode with Kaisha about TikTok and social media, and it really resonated with me as I'm trying to build up my social media presence. I was just wondering if you have any advice about finding collaborators. Finding collaborators are a huge, huge step in our multi-hyphenate and artistic identity. Sometimes we can absolutely create on our own, but can we write our own one-person shows by ourselves? Absolutely. But what happens when we want to produce it? We have to be able to collaborate with people. We have to be able to find our team. And as you start putting things out in the world, you start to realize what makes your team and what doesn't make your team. And that's ultimately up to you. For me, I'll tell you what makes a team for me. Someone that shares the same why statement or uh, does off the beaten path work or wants to affect people in a positive way or has a strong sense of self. When I see those things in other artists, chances are I want to work with them. Someone that takes art seriously. Someone takes the theater seriously. Someone that knows about theater history and understands why they step on stage or why they produce a certain project or why they pick up a camera. That's what is attractive to me in a collaborator. So you have to ask yourself those sorts of questions. What attracts you? So what I recommend is start small, build trust, then go big. Here's how I became executive producer to Indoor Boys, which is now an Emmy-nominated series created by Wes Taylor and Alex Wise. I photograph backstage of Broadway shows, I created something called the Dressing Room Project, which has its, you know, collaborative efforts all over. I work with press offices and producers and creative teams and actors, so many different people I work with just to photograph backstage. That being said, when I photographed Wes Taylor backstage of SpongeBob, we had talked about, you know, objectives and dreams, and I brought up that I wanted to get into producing. And he said, you know what, we should talk. So, A few days later, he reached out and was like, let's get coffee. I want to ask you about something. So we got coffee, and he was like, there's this little sketch that I want to film. You said that you wanted to produce and film. Here's your opportunity. You want to do it with me. And I went to his apartment and then filmed a very short sketch that he wanted to submit into a festival I believe if I if my memory serves me correct and he liked my work ethic he liked what I did with it and then we worked on something a little bigger which was Save Me Please and that starred Isaac Powell and it was directed and written by Wes and I filmed and produced it and we went to film festivals we, we wound up going to L- we wound up going to San Francisco and Connecticut together uh, to show off this incredible a short film that we made. And then that's when, after vetting me and making sure that my work ethic was good and, you know, my heart was in the right place and that my talents could deliver, 
he asked me to be a producer on Indoor Boys. And that was one of the best decisions of my life. And it didn't happen overnight, but what did come out of it was extremely important. And that's, and Wes is an incredible collaborator. And that's how you find collaborators. Just following in a pulse, starting small, building trust, and then going big. So thank you to Erica who reached out to me on TikTok and asked a question for... You got a question? If you want to have a question answered, write to me on Instagram or TikTok at the Michael Kushner, and I'll answer it on air. And speaking of social media, please follow me and subscribe to this podcast. Like, comment, subscribe, all that jazz. It really, really helps. So let's get this episode started. Stephanie Clapper is a New York-based, award-winning casting director whose work is frequently seen on Broadway, off-Broadway, regionally, internationally, and in independent film. Stephanie Clapper Casting currently has a number of very exciting projects in various stages of creation. Stephanie is also a frequent teacher and guest lecturer at many colleges and universities around the country. Ms. Clapper is passionate about working with creative teams to develop new work. In addition to casting and teaching, Ms. Clapper is a member of the New York Board of the Casting Society of America and New York Women in Film. She is passionate about continuing to expand and champion diversity, equity, equality, and inclusion in the business. She loves working with emerging artists to help them develop their careers. So today's quote is from a woman who we all love and admire, and I want to be her when I grow up. So this quote is, integrate what you believe in every single area of your life. Take your heart to work and ask the most and best of everybody else, too. That's from the incomparable Meryl Streep. I chose this quote because I wanted to find a quote that ties in the multi-hyphenate life into the casting director life. And I'm so excited to welcome my guest that I've known of that I've had the pleasure of being in the presence of, that we've all had the pleasure of being in the presence of. Madam Stephanie Clapper, how are you? I'm so good. Hello, Michael. (laughs) I'm so glad you're here today because um, the casting director represents this personality, this thing, this uh, moment in the industry. And I'm so excited to talk to you because I think we're going to be able together break down the fallacies, break down um, some things that help actors, hinder actors in order to make your job a little easier. And also lift the veil and understand that casting directors are people and they're artists and there's not much to be scared of. (laughs) Especially because at the end of your bio, you know, you say that you love starting, you love helping new careers. Absolutely. So before we get into that, I want to know how did this quote integrate what you believe in every single area of your life, take your heart to work and ask the most and best of everybody else too. How do you think that applies to a casting director? Uh, I think we cast with our hearts frequently. I think I know for me and many of my colleagues, every actor who comes in is an extension of us and uh, we want the best for them. And, and we do this job because we love the performers and we want them to find the best version of themselves. And that's, that's my philosophy. And I know many of my colleagues also. 
I think that's that's amazing. I mean, every time I speak with you, I know that you lead with your heart and that you are an artist. And, um, you know, I, the multi-hyphenate coming into your office, right? I, fe- I ha- found myself, I had this aj- this agita built up, this anxiety, you know. First of all, for those of you listening, Stephanie and I are, uh, we're going to be kibitzing just this whole this whole episode and that's yiddish for you know chit-chatting it's going to be very it's going to be very much much that but i had uh, i gave myself agita when i went on uh actors access and i was like let me just see what what i could submit to in this time you know i had like five minutes in between a project so i was like what can i do and then i there was the the area on the website that was like talk about yourself like put you know write about yourself 2000 characters or less. And I teach workshops on that. And I, uh, I, I, regarding the artists and the multi-hyphenate experience, but then when it came to me and I have all my answers, when it came to me and the actor, just breaking down the hyphen of the actor that I am, I went, Oh my God, is anything I do interesting to the casting director? Is anything outside the theater or the um, audition room or the coaching session interesting to the casting director? So I want to talk to you, break down how the multi-hyphenate is interesting to the casting director. Is it? Is it not? Yes, yes, yes. I, I love, I mean, I think that so much of what we look for is somebody who has so many things to bring into the room with them and into the project with them. And uh, sometimes we don't even know it until it comes up in conversation or we see it on your resume. Um, So I just love that. A great example is I was casting a play called Opus a number of years ago. And one of the roles was very, very difficult to cast. Um, And it was about a string quartet. And um, an actor I I knew was really right for the role. I also knew he was a, a, a keyboard prodigy. And I thought, even though this is a string quartet, I know that his depth of knowledge and intelligence about music will add another layer to this role that I think the director is looking for. And that actor was slightly younger than what the director had pictured. Um, And after we had gone through many people who were more in the description of what the director wanted, I brought this actor in and he nailed it. He just brought himself to the role and his dimension and things that I, I knew he would bring, but that the director hadn't realized until this actor came in. And it was a real turning point moment. And the director said to me after that actor left, why didn't you bring him in sooner? And I said, because you weren't ready for him yet. And the actor did book the job and it did it did many wonderful things to that actor's career too, because up until then he'd been doing largely musicals. And this was a play that was about classical musicians. Um, so I feel that was because I knew that actor's background in a way that wasn't traditional. I knew that would help him to score the role. So that's a good multi-hyphenate experience. Wow. That's amazing. So I, okay, there's a lot to, you know, check in with here because I feel, you know, I'm recording right now in my photography studio and the energies that pass through the door to get their headshots it's uh, part of my job is to go, let's take all of this burden off of you and trust that your teams are doing the work for you, right? Like, I think that is incredible that you were like, I'm going to bring this person in when 
the director is ready to see you because I think as actors, there are so many times where people are like, I just haven't been brought in yet. Don't know why I couldn't get an appointment. Like, I don't know. I have to get new rep or like casting directors hate me. There's a lot of negativity associated with the process and the relationship between a performer, an agent, and a casting director. And I just don't think that's true. And you sort of just proved that to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, um, I think a lot of the negativity comes more from the sen- from a lack of communication. And sometimes when there's too much volume, people aren't taking the time to connect with each other. And I think that's part of what's been good about this time is the volume isn't the way it has been in the past. So maybe people were taking more time to connect. But I think that's part of my work in, in when I bring actors in is that I do take the time to get to know the whole person in just through knowing them over time or, or different connections. And, and that helps me to know where, where to place them properly. And I think that's important that an actor realize that it's not us being obstacles to stand in the way, but great facilitators to make sure it's the right connection at the right time. Beautifully said. So you said too much volume. And that is something that I like to work on with actors is with the headshots, right? With the headshots that I photograph, I go, how can you make choices? How can you make choices in these headshots that will specifically draw the casting director's attention to you without having to make a cover, a specific cover letter or without having to do this, that the energy is alive in this photo, the clothes and the colors chosen in this photo are only enhancing the, um, the emotion, the moment of the thing. But we don't want when people see my photos, we don't want them to go, oh, what a great Michael Kushner photo picture. We want people to go, wow, look at your eyes. How connected are you? What story are you telling? This story represents the story I'm casting. I want you to come in. You just said it so perfectly. That's exactly what I'm looking for in, in headshots. And I think that the eyes tell us so much and the vibrance and life behind the photo is what we're looking for. That's the secret is just as, excuse me, in the room, we want the person to bring their personality into the room. In the photo, we want them to bring their personality into the photo. And and that vibrance is, is, I think with a photographer such as you, one that brings out that comfort and that life is, is, is how you get the right photo that does that. I love the idea of too much volume. So then how do we cut the fat? What I like to do is I like to implore my clients whether or not they photograph with me or whether or not I take class with them. I mean, I, I whether or not uh, they take my class, um, I implore them to understand their why, have their why statement. You know, we, we are specifically, we I specifically help them create it. Whether or not they put it out there, that's up to them. It's like their actor's secret. But I go, I go, let's look at a breakdown. And I go, how much of that breakdown can you apply to? Can you apply to all of it? Can you apply to three-fourths, one-half, one-fourth? Because if you feel that it's wholeheartedly you, you can walk in that room and sell the shit out of that material. You look the part. You sound the part. You can bring your heart to the part then go for it. But when do you, Stephanie, think that an artist, and we'll go into a multi-hyphenate showing up into a room, when do you think an artist should 
show up for their call of duty? When do you think they should report for business in your office and re- when they're responding to a breakdown? Wow, that's a that's a great question. I think that um, I think you you said it so beautifully with the you see a breakdown, you see that there's something in it that resonates for you, and that that's a great time to do your why statement because this is so special. The fit is right for me. I'd love you to consider me. Um, and here's why. So then it's not just a, Oh, here's a, here's an audition notice. I'll check it off because as an actor, aren't I supposed to just do lots of auditions? It's really finding the right fit, which allows you to be more successful. And even if that one isn't the one you book, it's, it's that much closer to us doing something together. That's fabulous. So now we have a multi-hyphenate come into your office, right? And I have two resumes. I have my performance resume and I have my multi-hyphenate resume. Would you rather see the perfor- the the standard performance resume that we have that if we go to BFA programs <laughs> and we're told to do and it is listed, you know, by New York Theater, Regional Theater, Educational Theater, Special Skills, an agent manager, um, if applicable, their contact info? Or would you rather see a resume that says, you know, one or two performance credits, podcasts, um, the awards that you've won, the industry, uh, like say my photos, you know, they were in vogue, that I say that they're in vogue and that I also have this and this and this talk show. Would you rather see that the stuff that the chemical makeup of the multi-hyphenate artist, or do you want to see that I played, you know, um, I was in the ensemble of cabaret one summer during my, you know, during college, like what is helpful for you? You know, it depends on the project, but what would be the best of all possible worlds is give me both. So that way I have both and I could refer to them and know how to place you in that way. But it's also, I'm learning more about the person if I don't know them. So standard and the, and the multi-hyphenate is great. That is gorgeous to know because I think that we're so, when we submit, at least I'm, I'm speaking for me in these instances, right? Because even though like I can lead the multi-hyphenate experience, I'm still an actor that is navigating the changes, you know, the fads, the business, not overstepping boundaries and going, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to be annoying, but I also do want to help you solve your puzzle. Well, and that's what I love about the multi-hyphenate of it all, that, you know, it's what I was saying earlier. Sometimes we don't even know until we see something and it goes, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I was looking for. I'm so glad you brought that up because that'll trigger another thought. And that's also a great conversation connector for us. Now you, Madam Clapper, you are a multi-hyphenate in quite a few different ways. And I, I love that you are such an explorer and you are, I know that you didn't go to school for theater as, and you said you're never an actor, but my Lord, can you connect with one? And, and, and I think that you invest so beautifully in the actor's experience and also your own artistic experience that it shows in the work you do. So how, how would you identify as a multi-hyphenate? Someone that has multiple proficiencies that cross-pollinate to help flourish professional capabilities. Um, 
I think my start was as a classical musician. So I, I think that's my, my passion is when I can bring that knowledge to my projects. And it's not necessarily just the musicals, but I think that there's a depth of thinking. Um, it, it's allowed me to do things like work with the Philadelphia Orchestra in a way I never would have expected to. Um, going through watching movies as a kid allowed me to go to film school when I had never made a movie and um, explore what filmmaking is like, which led me to realize I loved working with actors and to explore what it meant to be a director and think that was going to be the career I went into, um, which led me to many other things and ultimately casting because what I found out of all of these things was I love to put people together and um, I'm inquisitive and I love, um, people seem to collect things. We all collect something. And I think one of the things I love to collect are actors and people and always that. learning. And um, it's a great profession. That's a great fit for me in that way. I also, as a kid, loved being on the phone all the time. And um, you, so, and I love that casting is a lot about how we connect with people in that way. It's not always phone anymore, but it's always about conversations and making discoveries. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Do you think it's because of our parents, Stephanie? Because, you know, well, at least my grandma. I have the vision of my grandma, um, you know, cigarette in hand, phone in between the shoulder and the cheek. Her, she's cooking dinner and, um, you, you know, kibitzing with her friends. And I loved that image. And I remember in kindergarten, I wanted to do a like homemade movie of Cinderella in kindergarten. And I remember being on the phone with my friend Lewis at the time and we were casting it before I even kn knew what casting was, but I have the same image in my mind, just being on the phone, like I'm my grandma, you know, which is so of its time. Do you think that we got that from, like you were saying, when we were catching up earlier, like watching all about Eve and watching these movies and being so knowledgeable about films? How, how do you think your background as a person has influenced Stephanie Clapper, the casting director? Oh, uh, <laughs> Put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm fortunate that I had parents who really encouraged me um, to just go out there and, and pursue what was of interest to me. They never were people who said you have to follow a particular path. And I think um, they moved from the Bronx to Greenwich Village when I was a little kid. 
And I think they, they felt that the Bronx was very provincial at that point where they were living and Greenwich Village was anything but. And I think the fact that I had the freedom at eight, nine years old to just go wherever, I could walk to my music school with my dog at my side and I could, and I always made friends with the shopkeepers and I walked into the fresh coffee shop and said, I want to work for them. And they said I was too young. It was just a time of me really just exploring what was there and not being told you can't do that. And I think that's always been my philosophy as a professional, as well as a parent and a friend is not to say you can't do that because I, I don't believe that. I think that, um, we, we just don't know until we try to pursue what, what we care about. That's beautiful. Uh, just the, I think with being a multi-hyphenate, you have to have that childlike wonder. You have to carry that with you forever. You know, like, like when I was 12 or 13, you know, I used to go to karaoke, um, with my dad at this local Italian restaurant called La Suprema. This is in Fort Lauderdale in Coral Springs where I'm from. And, um, And every Friday night, you know, we went there so frequently that we basically didn't matter the weight. We had a table there. And I remember Carrie and Joe and all these people, the frequent flyers, Carrie would sing Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. Joe would sing Orange Colored Sky. And I would sing I Dreamed a Dream. And, um, you know, these frequent flyers at this, you know, Italian restaurant and the owners loved me and they were like, would you do on Tuesday nights a kid's karaoke? Because it was like Tuesday was not a busy day for them. Would you do a kid's karaoke show? And at 12 or 13 years old, I was running a show. I knew the equipment. I would get my friends to come. So I was publicizing the show. I was coming up with the running order of my opening number, my like halfway number, my closing number, how to entertain i mean like and then i got paid in these food certificates basically like because i was you know child labor but um but you know i loved it so much that it was like it didn't matter and i just want to say i'm so sorry michael what what i'm so struck with as you're telling the story is the opportunity you were given yeah the fact that you love it so much you didn't have the critic in you telling you what you couldn't do because you hadn't done it before and it was just, it was this great adventure that you made work for you. And it wasn't about how much you got. It was about that you got to do it and how much you love doing it. And I think sometimes we forget that. It's a great adventure. And that's, I think, what the multi-hyphen experience is, is that it is an adventure. There's something that I really want to dive into, and that was your travels when you were younger. Mm-hmm. So y- you went on, a, it seems to me, a conquest. So... What did your experience traveling overseas with your family to India, what did that open up to you? Well, just a little background. My, my parents had decided to sponsor a Tibetan child. And um, uh, my father was very interested in Tibetan Buddhism and my mother to some degree also. But one day my father said, we're going to go to India and visit this child in Dharamsala. And there was a part of me that was like, what? And you know, I, I can't say I, I, um, I embraced it with great excitement at first. I was a little like, really? Um, but but um, we went 
and and it was unlike anything I could have possibly imagined going there. And um, there were no traffic signs. There was going from New Delhi, the road trip to the foothills of the Himalayas to Dharamsala, which is the um, home in exile for the Dalai Lama. Was I mean, it was out of um, later on. I saw Lost Horizon, the movie, and it was truly like being in this unbelievable paradise in the clouds. Um, and we'd wake up to kids in the playground playing instruments and, and the prayers. And it was, it was magnificent. And I really, it was going from being kind of a selfish, um, self-involved person to, to really changing in a, in a nice way. And I think it was just a blip in who I was. I think I'm a little more multidimensional than just being that selfish person. I think it was just, I was thinking not about the greater ramifications of what my parents were doing. And meeting this child and being part of this village really opened up my eyes to many different things and um, made me want to learn more. And then um, my parents stayed on and my brother and I came back to New York. And then I was, at that point I was on the Upper West Side and I kept running into this group of Tibetan monks. And it was very strange. It wasn't just like a once in a while thing, but it was over a period of a few weeks, I kept running into them. And they had this American translator with them who was really cute. And I went up to him one day and I said, I keep running into you guys. What's the story? And he told me that they had been uh, brought to New York. The Dalai Lama had asked them to come to New York to do a San Mandala, but also to connect with people here to start, you know, saying a little more about what Tibetan Buddhism was. Oh, and by the way, they were doing a meditation workshop on West 86th Street. And what was interesting about that is I had been living on 86th Street at that point in time. I was at 41 West 86th Street, and the workshop was at 40 West 86th Street. And I just thought this is really too many things to make it just a coincidence. Yes. And I ended up studying with those monks for many years. Um, So it was a great life change that came out of, you know, uh, a point of resistance that was one of the best things that could have happened to me in life. I just got the chills. I mean, that's amazing because I say, I I talk about this word a lot and it's Bishert. That was meant to be, Mm -hmm. you know, Bishert for all my goys out there, there, that, that word is, uh, it's meant to be that it's Bishert is meant to be in Yiddish. And I think that the artist life, when we're open to it, when we pay attention to signs and connections, we are keyed into uh, op- more, much more open pathways that we can take. I think that there are there's spirituality around us all the time. There are signs. There are uh, there are guides, and some people pass those off as coincidences. But once we listen to them, and we go, you know what? I'm gonna take. I'm gonna follow that impulse, and I'm gonna take a risk and do that. That's, that's art, that's faith, that's beauty, you know, and I think how we can tie that into what we do as multi-hyphenates, it's taking that risk and going, you know what, this has always interested me, whether or not it's directing, you've been an actor your whole life, and you're into directing all of a sudden, or you've always been into directing, and you've never taken that step understanding that leap and the net will appear. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not a practicing Buddhist in the, in the traditional sense. I think it's just more 
an adaptation of a way of life and, and respect for other human beings. Um, so I think that sometimes kindness can be misinterpreted as many things, mm-hmm. but to me, kindness is about affording the space for people to be who they are. And um, I, it's ironic that part of casting the perception is that it's about being judgmental. But I, I think that how it helps me is when I, I come from, as we started the show, a place of openness and creating an environment where people feel comfortable being themselves and bringing their work into the space to do that. I think that's that's incredible. Kindness is interesting, right? Because what's the classic, you know, Sondheim lyric, nice is different than good. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Thank it's- you into the woods. Thank you, into the, thank you, Into the Woods. I was just uh, getting interviewed yesterday uh, on a separate podcast and talking about about relationships and how, you know, moments in the woods, you know, there's the lyric, um, oh, oh, if life were made of moments, and you know, even now and then a bad one, but if life were only moments, then you'd never know you had one. How these, these Sondheim lyrics really do shape <laughs> uh, guidelines for, for living, but Kindness is really interesting that you bring that up. And um, and it's overused these days, and that's annoying me too, because it's it's certain things sometimes become buzzwords. And I and I think that it's there's a greater depth to the meaning of it than just that. Like what for you, for example? Well, I think that uh, to practice kindness means that you allow people to be fallible. And, and give them room to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And kindness is about giving time to go back to what we were talking about earlier. And that kindness is generosity. Um, I think that's some of what I'm thinking. I can't tell you how many times I've walked into a room and I feel I, I just molecularly and energetically, I, I feel the invitation, it's not, there's not an openness. There's not, we're not starting on the level of, all right, let's see how we can play around. Let's see how we can connect. Let's it's, it's immediately four steps into like, nope, bye, you know? And I I just, it's terrible. It's really difficult because then you're a commodity and not an artist. Exactly. So I love that you're talking about kindness and, that casting obviously can be judgmental, but there are experiences where I've walked into a room and I've walked out a better artist. I don't have to jump like going in for you going in for a few other people. I don't have to justify the pain of not being seen to make me a better artist. Cause I think oftentimes when we have these experiences of negativity in an audition room, I have to go, okay, my heart is hurt. Uh, I don't feel seen, but how can I flip it? It's my responsibility to flip it and make this a better artist. How can I be better for next time? And that's cool. That's well and good because it protects you and keeps you growing. But why not have a good, experience in audition room i think it's i think it's pretty i don't want to say it's easy i'm not a casting director but you make it seem easy because you're a person thank you (laughs) but i also think geez what a great job i have yeah I I, i mean i'm really really fortunate that i get to be in this position where i can help people to to 
make their lives be what they want them to be on both sides of the table. And, and that's just incredible. That's why I do it. That's just what I love about it so much. Are there any specific tools for, because I think, <laughs> I think actors, because I am one and I deal with them. So I'm going to speak for, I'll, I'll speak for the conversations that I've had, whether or not I agree with this or not. I think actors feel that a lot of the stuff that happens to them is not their fault. So how can actors make your job easier? How can they prevent an experience that can easily deter them? How can they prevent that from happening in the future? What sort of preparation can an actor do to make sure that an experience with you matches the same energy that you, Stephanie Clapper, are putting out in the universe? Um, I think that really taking the time to look at the details of the job they're going in for are really, really important. And it sounds very um, rudimentary, but people don't always do that. So paying attention to when the job is, where the job is, what we need prepared. Um, right now, so much taping is going on and really paying attention to, um, to directions and um, doing what we ask. And if, there's a, and if there is a question, come, once again, come back to us with, with what your question is. Um, so I think those are things that are really, really important. But, but to um, think of us as uh, working together to get you the job, that we're both on the same side ultimately. I love that. Uh, what, basically what you're, <laughs> what you are saying is that actors have agency for success. I would, I, I, uh, yes, yes. That's, that's what you come in with. You know, you don't get an invitation without us believing that you really have the goods to deliver it. And if you are inquiring because you haven't been invited you have to be open to us either saying, yes, great idea, or maybe not this time, but let's keep in each other's universes for future opportunities. Well, I also think if we're the problem solvers, you can help us solve the problem. Right. So if we haven't connected yet, but you're the solution that I haven't discovered yet, or my team and I haven't discovered yet, how great that you could help us to, to know more about you. And that's where going back to your earlier question about how do we know about your multi-hyphenate super skills, this is how you could let us know. So how's the casting director life in a pandemic? <laughs> uh, it's a very unusual, interesting time. I've been thinking a lot about that. I mean, I, um, I uh, have done a lot of evaluation and evaluating of what I do for a profession and have done for a long time. And I really miss the live aspect of it and working with people in the room. It's, I get, Sometimes very, very sad, but then other times I've had wonderful opportunities to do some Zoom things and some things that are not Zoom. I'm working on a very um, interesting project now that's um, called the Manic Monologues. That's going, that's through Princeton and McCarter and Debbie Bisno in the 24-hour plays. That's um, these monologues about different psychological um issues and I think that it's both great theatrically and will be great because it's it's being filmed the director Elena Aros is is putting it together and it's going to be on the Princeton website as well and I think Great. that it'll help to serve many different purposes because um, 
it's both entertainment, but also could help be a resource. And I think that's important. So I think that this time period has allowed me to do projects that might not have come my way or, or that might not have even come to fruition. I think because we're all having an interesting time on so many levels, this project came um, at the right time. So um, it's causing me to connect with people in a way I may not have before. I never would have thought of um, being a guest on a podcast before. Um, I am reminding myself of things that maybe I didn't have a chance to do earlier or maybe connecting with people I may not have been able to. So I think it's just looking at things in a new way. Beautiful. We have to all be open for change in this time or we're not going to be able to adapt. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. We're and just I, not. Nope. And we can't go back to what it was because it's not going to be that, nor should it be. Exactly. We're always going to, we can never go back to before. And um, <laughs> how many, that's, that's uh, a strong I know how many shows can I quote in, in this episode? And I, yes, we, 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 we can, and we should not go back to before because we've learned too much. We've also had so much growth as individual artists that putting those stories that we're learning now to bed or uh, figuring out ways to tell stories that are convenient for people, changing that up is not fair to the growth and the energy that we've spent in this time. We will we will have people are like, do you think the theater will come back? Like, do you think it'll be different? I'm like, no, Broadway will be back. There's no way. There's no way that Broadway will not be back for a myriad of reasons. Uh, whether or not it takes a year or five years is a different story, but it will be back. And uh, I want to know because obviously you're existing under the umbrella of casting director but how specifically has your tool set your skill set changed as you're still applying yourself as a casting director like have you um have you shifted gears and like um updating your website or like what have you focused on what have you taken this time to sort of move into the next part of (laughs) artistic life i've been actually exploring more producing and since so much of what i do is connect people i've been enjoying um having opportunities to see more about what what's involved in producing and bringing things forward more in that way and that's been really wonderful Um, you are a multi hyphenate that's amazing that's great that's literally that's what it's about it's it's going i've been producing and and sticking your guns that's great. So I've been enjoying that. Um, I'm on my teaching opportunities. I've really been trying to work on how do we make uh, this virtual medium feel as though we could all be together. And I think my goal has been about we may not be in the same room together, but how do we make ourselves in the same room together? And I think that's as auditions as well as teaching. It's just it's how to still create the connection in the community in that way. And how uh, how yeah. for you do. How for you do you feel that we have been able to successfully feel like we are in the same room together? I think it, it depends on the people. It depends on, uh, like, right now I feel like we're in the same room together. Right. Because you create such a great environment to do that. And oh, I nice. think that um, it, it's very easy. So I think that um, 
there's it's fulfilling that need that people have. So sometimes I think it's very it's very successful. Some sometimes I think it's not. There's some things I've been watching virtually and I haven't watched a lot, but some of what I've watched I think feels like it's talking at me and I feel very much like I'm not part of it and, and I tune out. And there are times when um a connection is made and, and then I feel like, oh, I get it. Stephanie, is it weird to say that I just don't give a shit anymore? Like I care I care too much about what we do to pro- to to block creation or connection, especially since it's been taken away. I feel like it's a little bit like Hanukkah, right? Like there's a little bit of oil. <laughs> And I'm going to make it last eight days, baby, <laughs> you know, but I'm going to make it last pandemic and on. I feel that that's sort of why I just, I care about what we do too much. I love what casting directors do. I think it's amazing. I think it's so cool. And, uh, and I think we need to explore what, <laughs> what you guys do and why it's actually more helpful than and more approachable than we actually think, especially now during this time when, hey, we got to do what we got to do. <laughs> well, I think that's why it goes back to just it's a great time to get to know people in mm-hmm. a way that when we're all running too quickly, we don't get to. Right. Right. That's we've been forced to slow down. Yeah, I, I which is a good thing. It's just I think that. Part of um, part of what's happened is I think we're forced to slow down, but so many of us also have that inner clock of what are we doing? How are we being productive? Are we making things happen? And I think that that's where there's a trap and we have to be careful. I'll never, ever, ever, ever judge anyone for their journey during quarantine because what we're doing is we're truthfully surviving and this is traumatizing. And it's not a competition. And it's not a competition, but... There are ways for the artist to advance their career in this time. Yes. And there are. And whether or not you have to go to you have to go home to St. Louis or Miami or Sacramento, just know that the industry will be here waiting for you. And when you want to coach with someone, when you want to pick up, you know, your bundle of business cards or your um you you know, your mailing list or whatever that the industry will be here and during this time people are willing to listen people are willing to learn about other people's stories and you are a prime example of that and for for that we i I and i know the rest of the industry has to thank you for that because you're giving people a chance thank you you're so welcome so before we go and i really do not want to wrap up because i could talk to you i could smoke to you for hours we just need a bagel we just need a platter a bagel mox we just need a platter Yes. Um, but uh, you know, where one, where can we find you? And two, do you have anything coming up that we can catch you on or doing or you know? Well, my my friend, the wonderful actress Angela Pierce and I are, are developing a podcast called Someone's Thunder, and hopefully you'll be able to catch that soon. Great. And uh my friend Rafe Crystal and I are writing a book together on musical theater, so hopefully that'll get picked up and you'll see that soon um my instagram you've got that so i'll let you put that up there 
Yes. And, uh, our website is, is being developed, but it'll be back up and running very, very soon. So keep an eye out for that too. It's an amazing time for that. You know, when, when we're, when we're sort of reverting to the, uh, the meat and potatoes of the industry and understanding who we are and reshaping our whys and our outlooks on the industry and our tools, build that website back up. That's what I did during quarantine. I fully fleshed out. Thank you, Spencer Lawson for doing that. Um, you know, my website and, uh, and it looks beautiful. I'm obsessed with it. Also revamping my whole social media presence, new logos, devoting time to this podcast and understanding what is really important to me and what are the tools that are lacking in my uh, artistic persona that are going to help people get into the Michael Kushner experience or the Stephanie Clapper casting experience. So Bravo to you for for doing that with your podcast and with your website and your book and producing and casting. You, my friend, are the modern, the very model of a modern multi-hyphenate. Well, Michael, you are incredible. And I just, you are so inspiring and I could just Mm. be with you always. Oh, well, you you will be. I'm keeping you around. Good, good, good. Okay, thank you everyone to uh, for listening to Dear Multi-Hyphenate in this episode with Stephanie Clapper. I'm feeling inspired. I hope you're feeling inspired. And as always, follow on Instagram at Dear Multi-Hyphenate and on Instagram as well at the Michael Kushner. You can see the headshots I post. You can see this and that. and But also I'm on TikTok because I'm giving away just like 60-second tidbits of advice on tiktok and if you do the tiktok thing follow me and because you know i don't know how that works i'm (laughs) i'm figuring it out as we go but if you want a headshot session if you want a coaching session if you just want to pick my brain you can go to my website michaelkushneronline.com or michaelkushnerphotography.com and we'll take it from there as always thanks to broadway podcast network Thank you to Patrick, who's engineering today's episode. Thanks to Alan, Dory, Katie, and Britt. Y'all are amazing. Like, subscribe, follow, all that jazz. There's another song lyric of today. And have a great life, artistic career, day, whatever it is. Enjoy yourself. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.